This is Charlie on The Music Show, and I'm joined today by Mr. Glenn Hartman, founding member of the Klezmer All-Stars. Glenn, welcome to the studio. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, as I mentioned, you're founding member of the Klezmer All-Stars, and uh, which has made its mark on New Orleans music, I think, and has sort of gotten its tentacles into all sorts of other bands, and we're going to talk a little bit about that Um if you got to choose the style for a accordion duel in Jackson Square, what style would you choose? What would be your silver bullet? What would be my silver bullet? Um, I'd probably I could probably get him with rock and roll, but um, you know, or funk accordion or something like that. Ooh, which which you know, not a lot of people go there. But um, for most people, it would be Eastern European folk music, you know, or. What, which would the style that we that the Klezmer All Stars really invented, which is New Orleans music mashed with Eastern European folk music. So my playing in particular is that tends to be a combo of sort of zydeco and rock and roll and Yiddish music. That I can I, I can, can demonstrate that in a minute yeah, for you. Sure, that would be great. Could you demonstrate for me? Can I ask you to demonstrate yeah, stuff? Is that cool? anything? Yeah, sure. All right. How about can you do something New Orleans and then stop and then add in the Eastern European, like play the same thing again with a? Is that something too too finely parsed? No, there? I, no. I can do something sort of like that, but I'll I'll do something that's sort of like that. Like straight New Orleans would be like. So that'd be like a straight New Orleans R&B thing. Okay. But hearing it on accordion be probably sounds like Zydeco to somebody or something. Right. But um, but something more like what I was talking about would be like this. Hopefully like a... Thank you. 
awesome. That was great. So that's very mad. That's very mash, mashy uppy. Okay. All right. So what are the elements in that that you could pick out for our listeners that would be um, something you're taking from Eastern European? Well, it, so it, it's a, the song was in three. Okay. But it was, um, it's a, it's not really played as a waltz. Instead of hearing the the classic waltz pattern, which would be like one, two, three, one, two, three, like. And if I was to play that same melody like a straight European waltz, it would sound like this. I'm playing it um, with a, a Bulgarian rhythm, so it's going three one, three one, three one, three one, and you're and the two is there, but you're not you're not really you're playing it. And also, you're hearing yeah. this. perspective it seems like there might be a little bit of a easy crossover there with the accent on the three i know you know most new orleans is in four but how new orleans puts the emphasis at the end of the at the end of the measure oh you're talking about the big three on the on the second line thing yeah. yes yes um maybe um i hadn't ever thought of that uh Maybe I would show. I would say there's a more of a crossover in a different rhythm, which is real classic, is the second line rhythm. Okay. Where you're hearing, which is an unequal division of eight, mm-hmm. and in um, in Yiddish music, you have something very similar, which is they divide. It's called the Bulgar rhythm, and they go. One two three one two three one two one two three one two three, which is eight divided into a three and a three and a two. Right. So which is like duck it duck Right. Which is the same almost as the second line group. And what the Klezmer All Stars kind of came up with that we we um a little bit of the history of the Klezmers when we um I was playing we, back in the early 90s, a lot of us were playing, as we do now, it's very common in New Orleans for people to play in lots of different bands at the same time. And I was playing in a band, as was Jonathan, our guitar player, called Michael Ward and the Reward. And that was like an old, an uptown funk band. And in Michael Ward and the Reward were a lot of great New Orleans musicians, um, particularly um, ones that crossed over into the Neville Brothers world. So the Neville Brothers rhythm section from back in the late 80s was Mean Willie Green on the drums and Daryl Johnson on the bass, if people remember, who then went on to play with Daniel Lanois and do all kinds of incredible things. That's Daryl. Willie Green is still here in New Orleans playing mm-hmm. music still with the Neville Brothers whenever they do play. And um, so I became very close friends with Willie Green um, in the Reward, the Klezmers, we're a very new band, and we needed a drummer. Um, and we had also become friends with his wife, Lisa Palumbo, at the time. 
So um, we asked Willie. Willie, we had rehearsal at my house for the reward, and I said, we need a drummer for the Klezmers. Willie said, I'll do it. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> and we sure? And we thought, and he was like, sure, I'm game. And it was very interesting because it was challenging. I think Willie it was is such he is such an exceptional musician that he he would assume that he could do anything and he can but there's it's something the music was just strange enough that when he thought the ending would be in one place it would be in a different place when he thought the phrase would come down you know on a on the one over here it would be two beats later over here and so he thought that was challenging Mm-hmm. And he liked the chin. That's what kept him interested. Got him interested in it, so he wanted to get it right. Okay. And so he started to play with us, and that's how we kind of um, we gave him a lot of free reign to do what he wanted. The music historically is driven by a lot of virtuosity, with everybody sort of playing the melodies, and he learned the melodies on the drums, if that makes any sense. So we would get to the end of a phrase. And there'd be something it would go and he would turn that into a giant three measure drum John Bonham style drum fill. Yeah, the whole tone like across the the toms and everything awesome and um became a big style for our our playing, which then Stanton Moore emulated when we hired him out of um he was just a kid in in Loyola music school and he'll tell you the first Stanton Moore, who now is is a really a huge international star. And true. First time he ever toured was with the Klezmer All Stars. First wow. time he played in New York City. The first time he got in a van. Wow. Was with us. Huh. So um, it's a just a little Yiddish band that could. <laughs> okay, so how did the handoff happen from Willie to uh, Stanton? What happened was we had a gig at a festival in uh, I think it was in. It was either Birmingham or Atlanta, and Willie couldn't go, and we needed someone to sub for Willie, and we hung a flyer, and Stanton answered the flyer. Wow. And he was young, 19 years old maybe, and he came to over to my house and uh, auditioned, you know, in a, like a rehearsal, and I kind of moved my head a certain way, and he followed me, and I moved my head another way, and he followed me, and I, and I said... That you're great. You're that's hired. that's and awesome. Then, um, Communication is key. Yeah, and and that kind of became, uh, and we had a great musical relationship developed out of that. And he loves to talk about it. Some of his the way that he plays the snare drum came particularly out of learning how to play press roles because of what we asked him to do with that band, with our band. And he still plays with us. He'll be with us at Jazz Fest this year. Awesome. We're we're the Klezmer All Stars trying to do any kind of hybrids of genres before Willie Green, or was he sort of the... No, and I'll tell you that it wasn't... um, The reason why I think that it works is because it was never conceived as a hybrid. What happened is the way that music happens, particularly in New Orleans, is that because music is alive here uh, in a way that... It isn't a lot of places because the people who listen to music are alive here. You play music, you play it for a live audience, particularly an audience that wants to dance. So um, there is was a, a, a klezmer revival all around the country 
But what happened in a lot of his situations is bands started and they presented the music as um, concert music, you know, for people sitting in chairs. And this is more of like a museum piece of like yeah, an exhibit, an like exhibit behind a piece of sterile glass yeah. kind of thing. Right. And um, so, I mean, you can imagine everyone here has heard a brass band, but the difference between hearing a brass band in a concert in imagine a performing arts center where people are sitting in their seats and then at the end they say, now, now we were going to second line and some people stand up and a few people walk up and down the aisles mm-hmm. versus going to a bar in the Treme and hearing a brass band. Right. You know, right. where no one is sitting down. Right. Um, the music's made to dance to, right? And so when the people are dancing, the energy that comes off the stage is very different. Klezmer is similar. It was, it's a, it's party music. It was mm-hmm. not sit in a chair music. Mm-hmm. It was designed for a reason to, particularly to, to lift, to elevate a celebration. Um, not a religious celebration, a party, you know, like. I like that. Yeah, not in the synagogue. Yeah, it was for the party. And um, so so when we started playing this music, we did it not in a Jewish community center or a synagogue. We did it at Caldi's Coffee Shop on Decatur Street and then in Cafe, Cafe Brazil on Tuesday nights. And so people who came were not having any kind of Jewish experience. They were having a New Orleans dance experience. Mm-hmm. So what happens? You get a gig at Cafe Brazil. It's not for 45 minutes. It's for two hours, three hours. So you learn to stretch the music and you learn to make it funky and mm-hmm. you want the people to respond. And then the way that the people respond is the way that you play. Mm-hmm. So the music naturally turns into something that works with the people who are listening. It becomes its own thing, the dancing thing. So. Right. That's... You know, it wasn't like we said, oh, let's play a second line beat behind the Klezmer song. You know, it just kind of evolved. You know, yeah, the people play the way they play, and the people dance the way they dance, and then it turns into its own. And they feed off each other, and yeah, okay. I used to say it's Inventa Folk Dance Night. You know, well, it's Inventa Folk Music Night, right? I like it. You know, okay. it's kind of, it's happening. It's. You know, and the things, the music's alive. You know, the people are alive. And that uh, that struck me when you said that. That's a good way to describe the New Orleans music scene, I think. It's, it's not a, it's, uh, yeah, it's not a curated, um, sterile experience here. It's very much an interactive, gritty, evolving live scene. I, I think so. I think that... This might rub some people in the wrong way, but I'll say it anyways. That um, post-Katrina, you started to have a... When you when you switched out a lot of locals with tourists who then became locals and who we love dearly and, and everyone loves all kinds of people in New Orleans. But um, what the idea of what was authentic New Orleans sort of changed a lot like i don't know how many if how many people are the listeners or you if you remember what frenchman street was like in the 90s but it was a lot of bands playing music original music but not particularly 
New Orleans music, not like, um, you know, uh, or or someone's version of what is a traditional in here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was the Klezmer All Stars, it was the Iguanas, it was um, reggae bands, it was Latin bands, it was all kinds of it was Cuban bands, all playing. It was New Orleans music because that's what was playing in New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, but it was like it a very original and and but all kinds of eclectic ethnics, and eclectic. Yeah, yeah, very eclectic. And everyone played when the Saints go marching in or blue sky smiling at me, but only, you know, for for particularly for tourists or at conventions or when we got head gigs in other places. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like that. But the Frenchman streets just kind of weird these days. But that's true. That's true. I came in 2001, so I don't remember Frenchman in the 90s, but... But still, it I was still... I do remember it before Katrina. Yeah, it was still pretty pretty loose. Yep. 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 And now it's a, it's a zoo over there. It's a zoo. And it's, it's where people go to expect a certain kind of music. As a, and I think that's sort of the distinction that you're yeah, making. Which right? is con- it can be a little bit confusing, you know, because, of course, things change. And um, what I was just talking about is it's good for things to grow and mm-hmm. change. But what seems to, what gets scary is when people start to label and they go, well, that's authentic, that's not authentic, that's, and they want to hear, well, they don't want to hear New Orleans music. They want to hear their, what they think New Orleans music right. is, right. which they're like, how could you, how do you have to have a clarinet player? You're like, or whatever their It's not is. New Orleans music unless right, there's unless a clarinet. The, yeah. What do you mean you don't have a banjo? I don't mean I'm just making something up now. But. I understand what you're saying, yeah. though. Yeah. But that's... That's the times we're in. Yeah. Can't. Okay. It is all right. So... But we get that a lot with the, with Klezmer music. Some people would say it's too Jewish. Some people would say it's not Jewish enough. Some people would say, you know, you should have a singer. So everyone has an opinion yeah about how they want your band to be mm-hmm. but we just are the way we are you just just keep on <laughs> keep on rocking with your own distinct style so uh when did the klezmer all-stars get started klezmer all-stars started really in 1991 um the the band grew out of kermit ruffin's original band ben shank and Jonathan Freilich and Arthur Kassler were all members of, of Kermit Ruffin's band that used to play at Little People's Place in the Treme. I love that bar. And um, and they started a little band called Ben and the Boys, and they were playing a few klezmer tunes, and then, like, maybe they knew four or so, and then I ran into Jonathan late at night at Tipitina's. He mentioned... They were doing this. We're interested in playing more Klezmer music. He had invited his friend Ben Elman, and so Ben and I both showed up to play with them at Caldy's Coffee Shop at the same time. And the band wasn't called the Klezmer All Stars yet, and we um, knew about four tunes. I didn't even know how to play the accordion. I was a keyboard player and uh, just a piano player, but I happened to have an accordion because of my father was an accordion player, oddly. Oh, wow. And I had his accordion, but he was he was a, a doctor, but he hadn't, you know, he played accordion when I was a kid, and uh-huh. I had his accordion, and um, couldn't play it, and I, you know, I tried to, and I thought it was kind of funny, 
and then um, but that's a different a whole other story and then I and so I sort of learned how to play accordion on the gig with the Klesmer All-Stars and um, and that band so Ben Elman and I showed up on the same day a, a trombone player named David Sager joined us as well and then eventually we got a violin player named Rick Perlis and um, and then that band we kind of changed names a little bit for a few months, and then finally we settled on the New Orleans Klezmer All Stars. Can you can you give me what some of those names were? Sure. <laughs> uh, one was we were called Lebedich und Freilich, which means lively and joyous in Yiddish. Okay. You could see why that was a challenge. That would be tough to make a website out of for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, then we, uh, for a brief second, we were called the New Orleans Klezmer Hall of Fame. All right, you're getting and, there, you're getting there. And then we settled on the New Orleans Klezmer All-Stars, which I think was, you know, it was really a joke at the time, and I think it's very funny at this point to have grown into our name. To becoming All-Stars when... So, like, for example, we played at French Quarter Fest this year, uh, just last weekend, and on the bandstand was um, Ben Elman, who is in Galactic, and... Just produced, produces trombone shorties records and made Walter Wolf Band's last record and some of those records have been nominated for Grammys and mm -hmm. so he's certainly an all star, Ben Elman, and then Dan Ostricker on, on saxophone as well. He's in trombone shorties band. Um, Aurora Neeland, who, uh, I mean, is more gigs than anyone these days in town. Um, Aurora, you said? Yeah, Aurora Neeland, and um, she's just a superstar, and. Jonathan Freilich, yeah, and um, our rhythm section is the iguanas. We had Doug Garrison playing drums and Joe Cabral playing bass. Joe doesn't play bass in the iguanas, but he's he plays sax and, and other things, bajo sexto in the in or in the iguanas. And he was great. Um, he's a great our great bass player. And then Jonathan Freilich and myself. And so it's a, it's just a funny that now we are sort of. You all -star are all-stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Started out as an ironic uh, joke of a name a bit. Yeah. Wow, and that was 1991. Yeah. So we're coming on 30 years now? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, 28 All right. years. So you started on the keyboard slash piano, or yep. piano, I'm sure. Huh? You yep. grew up in New Orleans? No, I grew up in California. I moved here in 1986 to go to Tulane. Okay. And um, yeah, and then stayed, um, stayed, and I did a master's at Tulane as well. And I used to teach in the music department. I'm going back to teach um, a course at Tulane in the fall. I'm excited about it. Great. What course? Would you believe about Jewish music? Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, they yeah. got a real all-star all to do that, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Is it a uh, performance? Or is no, it a it's a, history? It's, a, it's sort of it's no, it's not a performance course. It's Jewish music as it sits uh, um, in uh, Jewish history and culture, basically. Okay. So it sounds almost impossible, but there's it's like a four thousand year tradition of Jewish music from the Bible till right here, right now. Here it is. All right, <laughs> let's hear it. It's a perfect segue. Could you play us a song? Sure. Pretty or something, I'm not sure. Whatever you like. Here's 
one I wrote, which sounds old, but that's what I prefer. Originals. Glenn Hartman, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like an old song. And what's, sort of. what's the name of that tune? It's song called Coney Island Whitefish. Ah. Which is on a Klezmer record from way, probably way back in the late 90s. Yeah, can people find this if they uh, well, I don't to? remember what record it's on. It's either on, yes. The Where short can answer they find is yes. Your music? It's either on, um, so we have a website, klezmerallstars.com, K L E Z M E R. Klezmer All Stars. K L E Z M E R All Stars dot com. Yeah, and then, um, but our most re- recent record is an is kind of a funny record that we made with me and Willie Green again, and we were making fun of um, the meters, and the meters have a lot of versions of the band, right? There's mm-hmm. the original meters, the meters, the funky, funky meters, meters, the meter men. Several. So we, we we were thinking, what if there was a what if there was a Yiddish meters? Like what if they back in the seventies they had had to play a bar mitzvah or something and they had and they got up, really into it, right? And so they came up with this thing, and and so we um, it's more funky than anything. We kind of hid the 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 Yiddish okay. within it, all right, and um, and then we called it. We were one day we were like, oh, the only difference, but we call it the Myers. Which is like we just like broke the T into a Y. Ah, uh, no, I like it. Okay, and, um, and the title little of nod to the Jewish last name. Here come, uh, here come the Seltzer Men, <laughs> which is an ape on the Great Meters record. Here come the Meter Men. But um, 
Can you, well, I guess you're playing the Hammond organ yeah, on but that, I could show but you can you show me some funky? Something. Uh... Yeah, this is something off that record. This is the title track, which is called Here Come the Seltzer Man. I'll play you a little bit of it. All right. Glenn Hartman. <laughs> Like if you could imagine, like so, it's sort of like that kind of New Orleans thing. It's like if James Booker was playing a Yiddish like. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And that's a new. That's your newest. That's the newest. Yeah, it's called "Here Come the Seltzer Man." I think we should do a two-part interview here. <laughs> that concludes part one. We'll be back next week with Glenn Hartman <laughs> to start part two of the interview. Glenn, thanks for coming out. See you next week. I can't wait. Look forward to seeing you too.